What's up? This is Matt Franco. And this is Eric Dittleman. Welcome to Mind Over Magic. Great catching up with you, buddy. I guess this is the end of the episode because we've already been chatting for 40 minutes. <laughs> no, Matt, this is the start of the We're episode. just starting? Yeah, this is the start of the episode. I remember specifically logging on the Zoom today and being like, nope, don't talk to me. We're going to hit record and we're going to just go right into it. Yeah. And then you said, no, I have a story to tell and this and that. And then one thing led to the next and here we are. Yeah, we had some off-air stuff about some projects that are potentially in the works that we can't talk about on air. Yeah, I guess always things brewing. Always things brewing, hustling. That's what we're doing. And uh and did we're you just land? Recording later. Yeah, I landed today. <laughs> I was in Houston this morning. I had a corporate show out there. Uh, and uh, I'm exhausted. <laughs> so uh, I'm, yeah. I'm trying to stay awake for this episode. Uh, but okay. we'll be good. <laughs> we'll be. I'll keep it entertaining for you. So yeah. you don't even have to worry about staying awake. Listen, I'll... sleeping is not even an option right now. No. Unless you're listening to this while you're trying to go to bed. In which case. We're honored. You know, maybe we're... it's the perfect <laughs> NyQuil for you. Yeah. We're honored that you would choose our podcast to fall asleep to. <laughs> hey, I, I would be lying <laughs> if I said I didn't put on podcasts that I enjoy to go to sleep with. Sure. Yeah. I you was. Don't, do you don't not you don't do that? I was I feel just like you said sure, but didn't really agree that you do that. No, I was falling asleep to one literally on the plane this morning, but then Ugh. I just get mad, so I have to like go back and listen to. The plane stuff. is a whole different world. Yeah, it's a whole I different mean, world. on the plane, I'd watch TV shows that I would never in a million years watch if I was just like hanging out at home. I always try to sleep. It's it's tough to do though. Uh, right. I had a weird uh, interaction on the way to this gig. And Tell I want to hear what you uh, what you think of this. So I always get a lift to the airport because I'm pretty close. Mm-hmm. And uh, this lift driver drops me off in the wrong spot. Like he clearly like at the airport, like he misses the turn where he's supposed to go for the drop off and then just mm-hmm. goes down another road and then found a random door to drop me off. OK. And I was just like, dude what the hell <laughs> like, like right i was just basically like well you were supposed to make that turn and you you missed it and he's like well this this is where it is i was like okay and i wasn't w- where mean- were you flying out of out of LaGuardia. N- no no that's where you li- oh so this is the Th- other this day. is on the way yeah on the way okay, to this okay. gig in houston gotcha, gotcha. so <laughs> so i wasn't like mean or rude or anything like it just was silent and just grabbed my bags and like walked to where I was supposed to go, which was a little bit of a ways. And I was already like cutting it a little closer than I like to. So, you know, you do the lift rating and everything like that. And I, I gave him three stars, which I, which was more than he deserved (laughs) because he is very cold to me. And I still tipped him too. You little tattletale you. But then I get a notification that says you got a low rating. As oh, a rider. Man. And I was like, I did nothing wrong here. Oh, I, I just, I, I'm only getting one side <laughs> of the story here, guy. I don't know. <laughs> but I did get to, because uh, then you can like, um, can kind of dispute. So I did, I did talk to someone from Lyft and they were like, no, your track record is great. Like you're, you're a good rider. <laughs> My rating's still high, <laughs> you know, five stars. So. They were just like, we understand we that this uh, this incident, but I didn't know if you do rate a like a driver because I rated him three stars. They automatically won't pair you with him again. 
So that's good. I don't have to see oh, this guy Oh, wow. Again. I, I've, I don't think I've ever left a review. I don't leave a lot of reviews, but I don't think I've ever left a review for anything that was less than, like, the maximum. Yeah, true. But, I mean, if you have a really bad experience, you won't comment on it? I don't think I ever have. Um, mm. I think I would maybe not leave a review in that case. Well, I just said three stars, and it just as a little note was like, drop me off at the wrong place. That's all I said. <laughs> right. Now, what did you do to that warranted, and try to be unbiased here that warranted that do you know how many stars he gave you was it also no three? i don't you don't get to see the rating i just got a message that said and they by the way they erased that the nice lift customer service erased his bad rating you actually oh so you actually got it <laughs> moved from your record i got it expunged yeah what a loophole <laughs> this is great this oh, is great oh, nobody's falling asleep to this this oh, is too good or they just lied to me and said they removed it <laughs> <laughs> but wow. literally i i couldn't even understand like why i would have gotten a bad rating because i was literally just like i like had a baby little edge behind my voice but i wasn't yelling or raising my voice at all i was just like dude this is the wrong door like that's how i said it right yeah and then just grabbed my stuff and yeah he just very he didn't even respond he was very silent it was just like get out anyway it was a weird how, way to how start. How long this. of a walk are we talking here? Like five minutes or thirty seconds? I mean, mm, how far off was he? It was another, like almost the other terminal. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So you're talking a five minute walk or three like, minute walk? More than five minutes walk. More than five. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Yeah. It that, was that rough. Warrant a review, maybe. Yeah. Maybe. Right. <laughs> maybe. With, with I, all I just, of your I stuff. I try not to do that sort of thing, but. And then yeah. the hits just kept coming at TSA. They stopped me from my bag, which I travel for all the time, because I carry the little, um, uh, like my little music player box that has a DI mm -hmm. box in it. Mm -hmm. And they were like searching that. And I was like, can you tell me what you're searching for? Like, just because I fly all the time, so I'd like to avoid this in the future, <laughs> then my bag right. getting pulled. And they're just like, routine checks. I was like, Hold what? On. Let, let me ask you, because this will tell this will tell myself and the listeners a little bit more about. I don't know. This is either gonna. This could have an impact on how we feel about this whole interaction. Oh no! Yeah. In your preferences, and now, mm -hmm. I don't really do Lyft a lot, but I have more experience with Uber for whatever yeah. reason. Yeah. I think I have both, but. Right. I know on Uber you can like check off certain preferences, like whether or not you want the driver to talk to you. I do not I know. think that's an option in Lyft. Oh, okay. Yeah. I want to know what you have checked off. Uh, I would. I don't have anything checked off for Lyft. Because they don't give you the I choice. I don't think they have a choice, yeah. Let's talk about Uber then. <laughs> Uber, I just, I just do default. Which is what? I don't know. No preference? No preference. Okay. No, I would have been judging if... If you were critical of this driver and also had checked off, don't talk to me. <laughs> I you mean, know what I mean? It's also like a short ride to the airport at like four in the morning. So what do we have to talk about anyway? I mean, I had my headphones on, which is a pretty clear indicator. Mm. That only seems semi-effective, by the way, <laughs> to be honest. So I can get why some people would check off the, yeah. the don't talk to me button. Yeah. But like for me, given your situation... There seemed to be, it seemed like you had a tumultuous relationship with this driver. I didn't. I did not. It was very pleasant when he came to pick no, me up. No, not according to him. He was not happy that I called him out of missing his stop. I, I, I actually it. heard 
my brother was telling me we had a, a, a negative review float in because oh. someone had a like a death in their family or something. And then like whatever broker they purchased the ticket from wouldn't refund them. So they gave my show a, a negative review and they never even went to the show. Uh, well, I heard it was expunged. Oh, there you go. <laughs> yeah, because the, the you know, the it wasn't your fault. It, right, yeah. it had yeah. nothing to do it. But like apparently it was like really um, aggressive, like. And next time I'm, I'm in Vegas, I will never patronize this money-grabbing show and blah, blah, blah. Um, anyway, wow. it was expunged as well. Yeah. And then did TSA stop them as well? <laughs> 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 and I, I don't know. It was just everything. And I, I mean, these are all small, like, little, like, first-world problems, too. And, like, and then I was, like, in the main cabin. And I haven't been not upgraded in a long time. <laughs> So it must I, have been a busy flight. It was a busy flight. It was very busy. But then f- there was like a problem that I wasn't even on the upgrade list and they couldn't fix it. And they're like, whatever. So it was just well, like, I will say that's thing a frustrating after, thing. Yeah, like, yeah, I, I, it's kind of like if, um, you know, I remember having a travel agent book a flight. I can't remember why I had to do it that way. And they didn't put the TSA number on there. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. like my ticket just, I have pre-check yeah. or global entry, whatever it is. And like, it just didn't register because the number wasn't there. So you have it, but you don't got it. Yeah. So now you got to do the shoes off and the yeah. iPad out yeah. and all that stuff. And it's like, if you're just not used to that in routine and you don't account for it yeah. when you leave for the airport, you know, it, it, it throws everything off. And like you, you've got travel down so well that it's not stressful. Exactly. And then it becomes that stressful thing mm-hmm. again right so and each individual thing wouldn't have been a problem it's just the fact that they all like piled up together for the same morning and i was just like i need to get to houston already and it always piles up <laughs> it always right piles it never up. is just the one thing it feels like so <laughs> so i survived uh i had a fun show out there got to eat some barbecue and some good texas barbecue and uh, i got to relax a little bit in the hotel room uh, another show I did, uh, I want to, I, I, we brought up one of the things that people say to mentalists, which is always like the read my mind. We've covered that. But the mm. other thing I was doing a show and you know, everyone's coming in and they see me and spotted me. And as they're entering, they're just like, well, don't read my mind. And I'm just thinking, why are you coming to a mind reading show? <laughs> Like, what is the what is the thinking behind this, Matt? What do you think? Why? Well, what was the context here? Is this before the show, after the show? Before what is the, the show. It's before the show. It's and a who bunch is this of... person you're interacting with? Just an uh, audience member. This is a, for a, a country club. So it's just members of the country club coming to an event. It's billed as a... Eric Dittleman, Mind Reader Show. So you're milling around at this point? Uh, You know, I was setting up before doors and stuff like that. And then, like, there's a dinner. And then I was checking on things. And then I was hanging by the bar, getting the go-ahead to start the show when the dinner was done, pretty much. Okay. So then other people who were there earlier. So the short answer was, yes, I was milling around, Matt. (laughs) Yes, I was milling around. Instead, we got the full description. I like it. Painting a picture. But then the uh, more than one just go. Well, don't read my mind. Is what? that a common thing? Because now, obviously, I don't. I don't get those that those comments. Like not yeah. being in the mentalist realm. That's very common it, for people. Like, don't read my mind. It's not common for most of my audience, but a certain type of audience. It's mm. common within a certain demographic. It is feels. the joke like, oh, you don't want they don't want you to know what they're thinking because their their that, thoughts are so important? Or what is the bit? That's what I'm trying to figure out. I'm trying okay. to figure out why they're saying this to me and still coming to a mind reading show. Like my response was like, Well, I have to read someone's mind. It's a mind reading show. 
<laughs> right, right, yeah. I can't. If everyone said this, we wouldn't have a show. <laughs> right, right, right. So I don't know what's what's going through their head, and I'm curious if you were in that position, you're just like, don't read mine. Maybe they're just trying. See, this is what I think it is. This is what I really think it is. I think they're trying to say something funny to have an interaction before the I show. I think I know exactly what and I would I, say. I don't think they're really thinking what that means. They're just saying, oh, I don't want to be. Or maybe it's just stage fright, too, of I don't want to be up there on stage. That oh, might right. be really what they're saying. Yeah, I think it's more the first one. I think it's more like the equivalent of don't take my wallet. Yeah, they want to say something like in meet and greets, people you want to say something to you like, you know, it's like, oh, can you make my wife disappear? You know, that old old line. They kind of want to be entertaining or clever or something, they, I think. They want to they, they wanna have something to say to you because they're not quite sure what to say sometimes. Yeah, I would think it's that one. And I think I would have just like replied in the same vein, like, oh, I wouldn't even dream of it or I wouldn't yeah, go there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, you know, something to imply that like you'd be afraid to even know what's going on in their head, mm-hmm. basically. But I also know that I start my show with like, I was like, uh, you know, think those clean thoughts. So I'm already kind of addressing that, like, don't read my mm-hmm. mind because I could be thinking bad things. I don't mm-hmm. know. I don't think people are really afraid that I'm going to like, dig into their dark secrets because one two if that were true and i could just pick up thoughts randomly I, you're not I, even I, you're not even thinking those deep thoughts all the time like those dark secrets so that you wouldn't be worried about it it might be a little bit of an overthinking it situation i think you kind of what would, would be the right move is to blow it off it's almost like when someone says how do you do that but they're not really asking so right. you answer by saying i mean i usually just go yeah i don't even know how that one's done yeah which is the funniest thing to me because it's not that to me is not really funny it will literally get a laugh 100 percent of the time <laughs> and that's not like a line that i read like like, you know, like, you mm-hmm. know, they actually have like in magic books and magic joke books, how to respond when people say, how do you do that? Mm-hmm. And, and like one of the common ones is, can you keep a secret? So can I, right, 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 right. right, right. Um, I, I don't even know how that's done. It's just what I've always said. Sure. And it's like literally was my way of like sort of blowing it off and not answering the question. Right. It will get a laugh from the whole room every time. And I don't really understand why, because I don't think it's funny. Right. Right? It's not funny. Don't you agree with that? Yeah. It's kind of just, you're just responding to them because they're trying to be clever. And but apparently the fact it's that, funny. The fact that you responded <laughs> in a way so quickly, you know, the, a lot of times even with the improv too, you'll see it's like, you're not going for a joke. You're not trying to make a big, you know, punchline. But the right. fact that they came up with something that fits the context in the moment on the spur, you yeah. know, uh, you know, off the, off the, off the cuff. That's that's get it's that elicits a reaction itself. Yeah, all I can think of is like the irony is that yeah, obviously he does know, right? I mean, like that's the only thing close to yeah that would fit in the comedic yeah. realm for me. But yeah. um, yeah, I think it just breaks the tension too. Yeah, which I guess that helps it fit too. Yeah. But anyway, yeah. well, don't yeah, read my mind, Matt. Don't read my mm-hmm. mind. Don't do <laughs> Didn't it. Didn't even plan on it. Don't do it. Frankly, I don't want to know what's going up there for the most part. There's occasionally a couple times when I'd like to use your knowledge. <laughs> just a couple. Just a couple. Times. <laughs> uh, I also went to a lecture, Matt. Uh, yeah, you told me you were going to a Jay Sankey lecture. Jay I- Sankey's a magician, magic creator. Been around quite some time. Mm-hmm. I saw him lecture, I think, at a magic convention when I was a teenager. So Yeah, someone we both grew up like learning from. His videos were everywhere at the time, right? And he... He's got a very quirky sensibility. He comes. He's he did a lot of stand up up in Canada, 
uh, and did. Some I of didn't the know circus. he did straight stand up. Yeah. I don't remember that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, I actually think I have a book on my shelf back here. It's Zen of the Art of Comedy or something like that. That he wrote. That he wrote. Yeah. Oh. Uh, but it, I've never met him in person. I tried to see his lecture at FISM. I think I tra- I popped in that th- like as it was ending, uh, so I didn't get to see it. So I made a made a a, a thing to go see him at Tannen's Magic Shop, which is really yep. cool. One of the first lectures they've had back since the le- since the pandemic. Packed house, literally yeah. people sitting on top of each other, and he did some great stuff. I he didn't do as much mentalism because he kind of mixes between the two. So, but um. But just hearing him talk, he had a he he echoed a lot of things we talk about on this podcast. So I thought it would be interesting. Like he says, that, you know, in between each trick, he would focus on certain little elements. And he's like, if you're you're not really performing, if you're not responding, listening, and making them feel seen. Uh, so he's like, and you have to be giving a bit of yourself and your passions as well. So he's talking about that creative performance element of it and how you are in the moment. Uh, and not just going, you know, on autopilot as if there's a literal fourth wall in front of you where an audience couldn't, you know, <laughs> can't see or interact with you. You have to be in the moment listening. Uh, and uh, and the, the other thing I, I liked, he said, be open to receive from the audience and let people give their thanks. Uh, yeah. Which I guess I wasn't doing when someone was like, well, I don't read my mind. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> but I think, uh, you know, he said that, conveniently right before the end of his lecture where we would all applaud for his lecture so he said be open and receiving of the applause uh but it is a good point to like let people you know acknowledge and appreciate you know yeah of course and and it you know performing is all about eliciting a response evoking a response from the audience whatever that may be and that's why when you see movie trailers right i mean they're always selling I was on a marketing call recently and they were asking about, you know, if there were like new props and things that were going to be in the show that would appear in the ad. I was like, "Well, we're not selling props, we're we're selling me." But that's not even true either. We're not really mm. selling me. We're selling the experience the audience gets. That's why you see in movie trailers the words they use, the quotes they pull are, you know, energetically funny or You'll be on the edge of your seat. They're literally selling the experience, a roller coaster ride, mm-hmm. right? So, like, I'm always, if you notice, I have um, strange interactions with people in public, and I do it on purpose. I just did it today. <laughs> like, I was, um, we had I've, an appointment. I've been to restaurants with you where this has happened. <laughs> yes. Oh, all the time. Yeah, all the and, time. like, I realize what it is, and it's not because I'm, like, performing, so to speak, or, like, uh, but it, but I like eliciting response from people, especially smiles. Mm-hmm. So like today, when we were checking out of our appointment, because we have a baby on the way, of course, mm-hmm. um, when you check out, there's like there's just this perfect desk, and the girl is sitting behind the desk, and I just can't help myself but pretending to go down the stairs. <laughs> oh, you did the classic behind the couch gag. Of, uh... Every yeah, I literally do it every time we go to this appointment, and like it gets like the worst, like silliest, dumb response sure. from yeah. whoever's sitting behind the counter. Like they almost don't even acknowledge it most of the time. They just like don't have time for me. For those of you who might not be familiar, it's where you slowly lower as if you're going down the stairs, but you're just like, yeah, crouching. yeah. With that description, I think people know what we're talking about. But I, I um, think they're they're groaning at you, Matt, because clearly you could just take the elevator and hit the button uh, <laughs> and lower. <laughs> but like really like in a way that 
that's just as important. Like my point is if you're doing a magic trick mm-hmm. without paying attention to the audience, without right. trying to get something from them. In other words, this person, this person is sitting behind the desk and like not necessarily entertained by what they're doing all day, doing like logistics and just mm-hmm. checking off a box and saying, sure. okay, let me take your payment, whatever. So like, I'm just trying to get them out of that routine and shell and just trying to like evoke something from them, sure. which isn't always super easy. Right. Um, but like, it's the same thing with performing. If you're just kind of going through the motions of the trick and then ending it and then going to the next one, well, you're, you, you, you might as well just be right. Going, going through, through the through motions. motions. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's interesting. Anyway. Uh, but I think you nailed it too in terms of, you know, especially when you when it comes to marketing, you're always thinking about what the value experience is. It's not necessarily what you're doing, but what they're experiencing on the user end. So it's like yeah. you think about the emotion you want to get. And I think it would be interesting if more people structured their shows, their magic shows, to think about the audience reactions and what, they, what ride they want to take them through and then come up with the, you know, specific trick or, you know, routine to elicit that response once they've mapped out what they're trying to get the audience to feel. I don't know. Yeah. When you see ads for like DJs in Vegas, like, first of all, they don't really use a whole lot of quotes or anything like that. It's usually just the DJ's face and name kind of in the club it's going to be at um, for whatever reason. But like, they're definitely selling the experience. They're not selling the music. Like it mm-hmm. never says cool beats or like it's, they're not selling the music for these live music DJ shows. They're, they're selling the experience. So a lot of times in the background of the ad, you'll see like, you know, bikini clad people like partying, you'll see champagne popping open and spraying everywhere. But like, you don't really, you, you see again, the experience, not so much like what the DJ creates per se. Right. Right. It's which not is like advertising, at the bare bones, the music. It's not advertising the beats per minute, you know, of the track. Right. No, <laughs> like, no. Like, here we go. But like, I feel like magic should be the same way where it's like, you're not selling just like, you know, amazing tricks. Like, you wouldn't want to see that on the billboard. Yeah. You'd want to see. It's the amazement you feel from those. The feeling. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, the feeling. And it's almost like, uh, you know, huge celebrities when they're fans, you know, they do a concert for their fans or whatever. It doesn't really matter what the person does at that point, because all that mega fan is wanting to do is spend time with the the person, be in the same room and to have that exciting feeling, you know. So, right. I think I think it's all about, again, shifting towards the personality of who you are as a performer. And then if people like you, it doesn't matter what you do. I mean, you still want to be good and competent. <laughs> well, yeah, you still want to do the work that that <laughs> that got you feels there. right for you. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. Interesting. Anyway. Um, do we want to jump over now to some riddles? Let's go over to diddle me this, diddle me this, diddle me that. Will Eric end up stumping Matt? Riddles. I feel like this is good because we waited so long in the last episode. We could get it up front in this one. Uh, and I feel I, when I when I picked this one out today, I feel like we've done it, Matt. But I went through our archives. I have a little list, and it's not there. So let me know if you've heard this before, and I can pick another okay. one. But I I do like it. All right, Frank was born in 1933 and died in 1946 at the age of 50. How can this be? Frank was born in 1933. Yes. 
And what was the next part? And died in 1946 at the age of 50. How can this be? Uh, this does sound super familiar. But the fact that you don't know it tells me maybe we haven't done it. <laughs> yeah, because th- maybe it wasn't Frank. It was like Bob. Oh, yeah. You think that the, the name is the reason? <laughs> no, the concept Frank you was- would remember from this riddle. Um, and I, I did a quick, like, control F to see if we've done it before. And I couldn't find it in my spreadsheet. So. Well, you control F for Frank. No, I... <laughs> No, I did that. Frank was born in 1933 mm-hmm. and died in 1946. 1946 what would what time is 1933? Military time, bro. Like five, what was it, seven, 33? Something like that. Interesting, outside the box thinking. Um, I'm going to give you half credit on that. Okay. Uh, how do I do half credit? I'll just edit half of that sound. Yeah, half the sound, <laughs> exactly. I'm not going to do that. Uh, <laughs> interesting. So, uh, 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 but this could be like, say, uh, I'll change it slightly. It could be like, uh, Frank was born in 1972 and died in 1994 at the age of 50. Yeah. So, like, so are that, we talking then you just- can't do time because. That would be too many you're minutes. Just, yeah, you could do date, though. You're, like, you're not necessarily indicating year with those numbers, is my point. What would the 19th month be? No, it could be the first month and the ninth day. You know what mm. I mean? I don't know. There's something going on there. Is, no, is the no, answer. no. You would say it like that, though. You would say, like, 1933 in this case or 1946 in yeah, this case. Yeah, that's why I said military. Time. Right, right. So I Which it. works, but there's another way of thinking of it. Like if we did the 1970 question, I just brought up that example. So it's just not referring to a date. It's referring to something else. Mm -hmm. It is referring to something else. The age is his actual age. So, yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but that's just not referring to like the date in the year. It's referring Uh, to. uh, Where do people. Where where are people? Oh, it's in the hospital room. (laughs) Yeah. It died at a different hospital room. Mm-hmm. And those are the mm-hmm. n- the room numbers. Yes. <laughs> did Got that it. did that feel familiar to you? It did feel super familiar. But you didn't it still hear, does. But we yeah. But you still did it. We'll count yeah. it. We'll give it to you. Let's jump over to trivia. Matt picks up the question, then he stares at it. Eric's at the ready. Time to use his wit. Pressure. 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 Trivia. Pressure. Trivia. Now, we've done things similar to this, but not this one, I believe. In which part of the human body can you find the smallest bones? I know this, and I think I can name them. I feel like we've done this. Have you checked the spreadsheet? (laughs) I don't have a spreadsheet. (laughs) It's in the same uh, shared drive. Uh, Anyway, um, it is the ear. Yeah. And it's the anvil, the stirrup. And the ham- ha- hammer? I'm thinking anvil is incorrect, right? I don't know. 
Anvil is. We all know what an anvil is. I'm definitely it's like in got cartoons, the... and it crushes the wily e. coyote. Yeah, I believe. I I know the stirrup is definitely. There's like an Incas or something like that. Anyway, that's not part of the question. You already got it right. <laughs> I want to look this up now. The hammer, the anvil, and the stirrup. I nailed oh. it. Boom! Oh. I'm giving myself two of those. Is it spelled the same as anvil? I mean, they're nicknames for the the shapes of these bones. They have real bone names. The gotcha, three of them, but gotcha, it's okay. like colloquially known as gotcha. the anvil. The Informally, hammer. if you will. Yeah, yeah, or, cool. or, yeah. Exactly, exactly. Well done, uh, Matt. We have a mailbag. Should we jump into our mailbag? Yeah. The mailbag. I've got mail. Uh, this is about a. Bittersweet topic. Um, <laughs> I kind of glanced over this. Actually, I was going to try to read this one last week, but right, we um, ran out of time here. This is from from Jay Gilligan, professional uh, performer, juggler, um, who we've talked about before on the podcast and the great show that you saw him do. What that was actually in New York, right? Yeah, the uh, Reflex show you did there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, interesting topic here um, that I think is just relatable for everybody nowadays. Mm-hmm. It's just like. And we kind of touched on it a little bit, talking about reviews even. Yes. And, you know, whether it be reviews for products, restaurants, Uber shows, you name it. And it, I'd say like YouTube comments and Facebook and all of that, it's even more sort of people hiding behind computer screens, typing on keyboards. And uh, the topic is trolls. And that's what the subject box says. Right. And he was responding to when we were talking about how to handle trolls. Yeah, on the and internet. he has some interesting thoughts on it. Um, I don't think you've actually kind of read this, so I'll I'll give it to you here. Uh, thanks again for all the great podcasts. I'm still really enjoying listening to all of them each time you record one. That's very nice. Thank you. <laughs> Today I heard you talking about internet trolls or social media trolls. So this actually goes back, mm-hmm. um, I guess, a couple of weeks at least. Yeah. Um, when this came in, I wanted to tell you a little bit about what we were thinking about trolls in the juggling world a few mm. years ago. At, this is Jay talking, obviously. At first, we tried ignoring the trolls and just didn't respond to the comments. That worked fine enough to not waste any of our time with the trolls themselves. But then we started to notice that younger jugglers who didn't know any better were hanging out in the comment sections and didn't know what to think. That's when we started to write very considered, deep, and intelligent comments back to the trolls. But from our side, those comments were not really for the trolls at all, even though on the surface they seemed to be a direct response to them. Instead, we kind of, quote-unquote, even the battlefield, so to speak, and left comments so that others who come along and see the thread of the conversation could at least have the other side of the story. In a way, it was us taking the troll comments as opportunities to further communicate with the wider audience, those who weren't trolls and who wanted to have deeper discussion. So we always try to balance the negative um, with the positive, in other words, in the comments. Mm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Of course, sometimes it just made the trolls want to write more and more back and worse each time. I can understand that. Trolls are going to um, troll, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it was okay because at least there were other actual intelligent comments right next to the stupid ones, and then people could make up their own minds. Uh, We like to think that the jugglers we were interested in talking to were intelligent enough to get something out of the discussion thread, even though the trolls were there. Uh, It especially made us feel that younger jugglers coming into the discussion 
um, made them feel better about younger jugglers coming in, mm-hmm. um, that there were positive examples next to the negative ones. Great. Um, goes on to talk about juggling not being as popular as magic, which is really interesting to think about. I guess I never really think about that because I mm. feel like, I mean, that is true though. Um, not to go on a total sidebar there, but like, yeah, I guess I never think of that. Right. Um, it's also hard uh, for us to judge because all we're seeing is magic all the time. So we don't really well, see the forest from the trees, right? Yeah, but to me, like, what's the difference? Because they both pale in comparison in the mainstream compared to, say, comedy and music, right? Right, yeah. So, like, to me, it's, like, uh, they're very similar, but it is true. Magic actually does, you know, how many jugglers have won America's Got Talent, right? And how many jugglers could you name? Right, but even again, (laughs) that is about the same as magicians compared to... that's true. You know, but but it's close, but, you know... I think people can magic name still wins. more magic, yeah, than juggling. Barely, though. Yeah, I mean, yeah. barely. I mean, <laughs> anyway. Um, I'm sure you have to deal with comments, uh, both good and bad, on a whole other level. It, even with our method, it still took a lot of time, and these days we generally don't have the energy to play the game. Instead, we rolled our resources into having a podcast. So he talks about having, um, which which I'll say here, uh, let's see if he says the name of it, um, I believe because it. I didn't sit down and write this email with the intention to plug our podcast. Uh, but if you're interested in hearing juggling talk, find it here. I feel like there was a name to it that I saw I when I first believe read it. Uh, Object episodes. Object it? episodes, right. Object yeah. episodes. So you can find that on where, where you listen to podcasts. Yeah, check um, out Jay's, uh, Jay's podcast. Object episodes. And they kind of dive more into this. Um, anyway, thoughts. So it seems like it's in a response to what I've always said when it comes to trolls and what we were talking about last time with YouTube comments is like, don't feed the trolls. Don't, never feed the trolls. He started doing that, and then he kind of switched gears uh, into engaging with them because he realized younger people were who weren't maybe as experienced in the juggling world were interacting with the trolls. So they didn't know what was what, essentially, um, which is a strategy. But again... My take whenever someone's saying something slanderous or wrong about you in a comment section is I still hold back. I I let other people defend for me because it's going gonna, it's gonna to happen. If people are on your side, if they're fans of yours or whatever, they'll correct the errors because, boy, is there nothing people like doing on the Internet than correcting people's errors. So yeah. whether they're fans or not. So it sounds like... Jay here is just doing that part for himself. So he's since no one else was chiming in, he chimed in to have these more intellectual discussions, which I think, you know, it's it just counts as engagement, right? So it's good for your yeah. channel regardless if you're going to be doing that. What are your thoughts, Matt? I sometimes can't resist the the response. <laughs> yeah, it's tough. So, it's and tough. this is particularly pertinent to me right now because I've started sharing things on Facebook more and I had no idea, but some people in the comments have now told me (laughs) I had absolutely no idea that Facebook trolls were worse than (laughs) even YouTube trolls or whatever, whatever else. I had absolutely no idea. And now do I know? Um, (laughs) Wow. I mean, I'm blown away. Um, I actually, instead of like responding directly on a recent one. So, and what happens is these videos that sort of, go viral and I'm talking just in the past 10 days and this mm-hmm. isn't like a bragging thing but just to give uh, an idea of the the scale of why this happens is when they reach a wide audience that that far outreaches your own audience mm. 
So now you, you'll have way more people who are not there to defend you right. than those that are. Right, right, right. Right? I mean, by, by not, even a, not even a comparison. I mean, I'm talking so just in the past 10 days, there's a video with 5.6 million views that I've shared on Facebook, another one with 18.4 million views, and another one with 5.2 million. We get Don't it. Don't ask bragging, man. It's but, not no, a bragging I'm thing. <laughs> I'm kidding. But like, for example... One of them is card manipulation, mm-hmm. and the vast majority of people believe it's a green screen. Right, right. And like, and and not only that, I don't know if I mentioned this to you last week or not. Did I tell you? But like, some of the comments are just plain like. One of the comments <laughs> was was like, "Yeah, a real magic trick would be getting a real job or something like that." <laughs> That's just mean. Like, That's not really even. <laughs> aggressive. Mean. Com- forget the green screen stuff. Yeah, yeah, People can yeah. theorize how they sure, think magic sure, is sure, done sure. all they want. That's fine. But like really rude comments of just like, "Yeah, you should get a job" or like things like that. I'm like, first of all, uninformed comments, obviously. Um, but like, I, I just don't. I, I I chose to respond by not responding to anyone individual because there was so much mean spirited stuff going mm-hmm. on there. And again, mm-hmm. I'm not even talking about like right. magic reveals. I'm talking sure. about just like really mean spirited, like, like personal attacks, <laughs> um, virtual bullying. Yeah, which yeah. like fine, whatever. I can take it. You know, but like right. I chose to just and I and I I left other. I did respond to some things. Um, okay. Yeah. How'd that um, go? I, I think I said to the the one who said get a job. I said you're looking at it. Yeah, that's good. That's good. <laughs> um, but like, I just I that's really like, was disheartened. Well, don't read my mind. <laughs> uh, yeah, I I really was disheartened, and I I just left a a comment myself, not to anyone in particular, saying that I was sort of bummed out to yeah. see all the negative on negative stuff on this video that was just intended to make someone smile. Yeah. You know, and um, people you, took really well to that, I was you know, say, which did, I felt good about. Did you get mean comments off of that comment? Too? Yes. <laughs> yes. I got people telling me that, like, you know, welcome to the Internet. You just have an awful attitude and you don't know how wow. to deal with it. And like, See, like you're just such a rotten per. Like literally people saying you're a rotten person. Wow. See, this is what I think is the difference of certain platforms and different algorithms and curating things as you're finding, as you're posting these videos to different platforms is some algorithms seem to be geared towards a putting content in front of people that knows that'll make them angry because they don't care about what type of engagement as long as it's engagement. And I mean, we talk about all these, you know, Facebook videos that are online that are literally getting thousands and millions of views because they're making people angry and they just need to comment. So maybe their algorithm is sending your lovely, uh, you know, good spirited magic videos to people who hate magic. <laughs> like there's a, there's a box that ticks off and they go, I don't want to see this. And then the other thing I think is how many of these people are trolls and how, or not trolls, bots. How many are bots that are just like, what does what that a, mean? Whatever algorithm, it's a computer that, you know, is meant to just cause any engagement and just like do write mean things. I feel like that is a whole thing we learned from that documentary that these bot farms exist and they're just there to sway people's opinions sometime. And they have nothing better to do because they're literally created to do so. So you yeah, can never take it, it personally. No, but, um, I know, but it's hard. It's, tough. it's just it's like tough. it's not yeah. even a take it personally thing for me. Honestly, I don't think it is. I mean, a mm-hmm. little bit, but I think the main thing is like the the it makes me sad that people are in that state where they want to just go and do that. 
Right. Well, it's also that's the reassuring part is like, wow, they have this much time on their hands that this is what they feel compelled to do with it to talk negatively about this. Me. Yeah. But it's 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 sad, but it should also be reassuring that you could move on from whatever they say because it's like this is the best that they have going for them a lot of the times it seems, you know? So it is a sad notion, but also why you should never take what they're saying to heart. I just I just want I them know. to have a better day, honestly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That, so so yeah, I mean, so the, the short story here in response to Jay's thing is like, yeah, I mean, it's tough to know exactly what to do. I mean, sometimes it just is what it is. Right. Like what it, like honestly, and like I said, you know, my Facebook account isn't huge. We're talking about I have 150,000 followers on there, and we're talking about 14 million views, right? So obviously, the vast majority of people reviewing this probably maybe have never seen me before in their life right who knows where what country they're in who knows anything so like the whole idea of like that that's a huge scale the whole idea of people like outnumbering them to stand up for me is is not going to happen well it's also you know you know what i'm saying though you know how you said you let people fight the fight for you like that ain't going to happen in a situation like this Mm -hmm. if it starts going the other way you're outnumbered I was just going to say, yeah, You uh, just a reminder, if you do like something, you can comment good things <laughs> as well. Like, we need more of that, I would say. Uh, like, you know, I give tons of five-star lift ratings when they drop me off at the right place, for example. <laughs> uh, because uh, you should appreciate those the things that are going. But also to, like, I don't know, the big, like, global celebrity part of things is, like, I don't think they expect you to respond as well. I think they just right. think you're so busy that you're never going to see it. It's not going to hurt you, you know, but they don't realize we do sometimes see things like this. You know, it does pop up, but like, you know, I'm sure think of the mega celebrities who are performing, you know, Katy Perry, uh, I'm thinking of just Vegas performers right yeah, now. Yeah, there's got to be so much negativity that they are trying to ignore on a regular basis. Or they just don't see it because they're just keeping busy and they're just posting the video and moving on and i think that's sometimes the way you gotta do it yeah well i mean i i I find great um (sighs) because i do love staying connected with people like i find great pleasure in being able to sort of use social media as an access point to be able to Mm -hmm. interact with friends fans what have you you know so you know there's such there is some great positivity there as well um of course, of course. So, you know, I'm not super interested in just, you know, putting things out there and then leaving it alone. Like a lot of times mm-hmm. I do want to see and evaluate what people's response is and, um, you know, interact with those that are into it and ignore those that aren't, I suppose. I don't know. It's a it's a really difficult subject. Right. And that's what comes with the territory when you get any sort of fame or notoriety is it's just more attention, but it's both kinds. You both get the more good and the bad. And you kind of have to right. balance it. And some people can't take that amplified bad negativity, you know, that comes with the territory. So we see a lot of people spiral and, you know, do crazy things with fame. But uh, let me know before it gets to that point, Matt, with you. Okay? Before the spiral? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, I'm not looking to spiral, no, no, but no, no, no. I just it is disenchanting. Yeah, no, or just, no, no, it no. saddens me when yeah. I see it. I'm like, oh, man, are people really that? unhappy yeah well a good thing to do when you're feeling kind of down about that kind of stuff is to focus on what is uh 
you, what you are putting out there. And I know you were had a uh, a production meeting with your crew about new stuff that you're adding to the show. We won't go into details and spoil anything, but like you are constantly creating. You're putting new stuff out there that people are going to see and enjoy. And I think just show, shifting your focus to that exciting part of what you do uh, will always help get out of that funk a little bit. Absolutely. You know, everything you're looking for is already right here. You mm-hmm, know, mm-hmm. the blue sky is always there. Sometimes it gets obstructed by the clouds. Right. But everything you need is always still right mm-hmm. there. You just sometimes have to find it. And, um, you know, diving into that creative process you love is a great way to sort of let those other things fall away. Exactly. So thank you for reminding me that. Yeah, yeah. Seriously. And I also want to uh, know how that meeting went. Like, without yeah, going to specifics, it, how do you approach a production meeting with your team? It's great, man. We did it on Zoom because uh, people were in various different states, uh, just um, talking about stage design and lighting and video design and um, waiting on some more renderings of th- some of the things we talked about and um, working on new video concepts to be played, you know, as introductions and middlers in the show. And I'm kind of in that place now where it's almost like, you know, wearing a little bit of a film director hat type thing where it's like telling a story. Right. But like the reason that I think I find it most challenging is it's hard to tell your own story. I, like it's not particularly interesting to me because it's just what I live um, but you need to find those things that are interesting to other people mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. and share it in a way that's honest but also interesting. Right. And that's hard to do when you're so close to it. Right. Yeah. It's You have you to step I mean? back and kind of look from an outside perspective. But uh, by the way, I just want to point out to our listeners uh, – you're just your tone shift as you were speaking from the trolls to this project. You could hear it in your voice. <laughs> like that's what I'm talking about is like when you're excited and interested in the creative parts, like just remember that's what you have. And then you don't have to let the, you know, the negative. Right. Yeah, and and you're hundred yeah, percent yeah, right. Yeah. I mean, this is like a therapy session now, <laughs> yeah. but, um, Welcome no, to it, mind but, over magic. but that interest and excitement <laughs> was there all the time. Of course, it was just getting obstructed, right. Yeah, by yeah, yeah, by yeah. the other topic we were on there all right, for a bit. Let's Damn get, you, Jay Gilligan. No, we love it. <laughs> but um, let's get into the nitty gritty because I'm always fascinated on like how meetings are run and organized. So like, are you going around the horn? Like, do you have an idea that you have uh, that you a vision you're seeking for some of the projects, and then you let people chime in? Do you go around the table, tell people uh, to bring their best effort, and you judge it or weigh it or? or try and massage it to fit you and what you're interested in. What, what is the, uh, the organizational aspect of one of these creative meetings? Um, well, in a theatrical production, there's typically like a director, a scenic designer, mm-hmm. a lighting designer. Um, in this case, uh, the video director, sure, uh, sure, who's sure, going to, sure. you know, actually shoot and direct while I'm on camera shooting, whatever we're shooting. Right. Um, so, yeah, you, you jump on the Zoom and, and just kind of take everybody through what we're doing now and what we're sort of trying to consider adding, um, what stays the same, what changes. Um, and you just kind of go through things piece by piece. You say, oh, hey, you know, I really think all the music for the most part is in a good place. So I don't think we need to change that, for example. Right. But right. maybe this piece and this piece, I think we need to find something different. Mm-hmm. Um, and you just kind of go through okay, what are we keeping in terms of video design? What, what, what about the look can we improve? Mm-hmm, what do we mm-hmm. want to see um, more efficient or 
what what sort of concept tableau do we want to create for the audience to perceive? It's kind of crazy because like you want to dive into the nitty gritty, but no one ever thinks about this stuff. No, you go does. see your favorite yeah. band perform on yeah. tour. And then you see them a year or two later, and the whole set looks completely different. But you never really think about it. You don't know how they got from point A to point B. Yeah. It, it just you happened. You just go, oh, yeah. yeah, they had, you know, oh, yeah, there's the same drummer, but he was up on a pedestal. Like, you <laughs> yeah, never really think right. about, oh, yeah, but they had yeah. a whole different theme, you know? Exactly. Um, but, yeah, this is sort of how you get from that point A to point <laughs> B is kind of sitting down and thinking, okay, what, do we, what journey do we want to take that audience through? And for me, it's all about authenticity. And right. how can we make it feel just as personal as it truly is, not sort of extraneous? That's that's the whole thing for me. Interesting. And I think you answered my other question, too, is because I was like, uh, I've worked in teams before, but I've never headed up a team like that before. Mm -hmm. Because a lot of times as a solo performer, I'm wearing all of those hats myself, right? Mm -hmm. I'm the director, the choreographer, the, the music and video guy. I'm doing all of that stuff for my own show. Uh, but how do you get to that point? Because we know in like Hollywood, there's always like the yes men and they're just trying to appease you and they're whatever you say uh, goes. But do you have people that push back and how do you create an environment for your team where you're able to have people kind of question certain directions or are you just steering the ship and be, being more open to thoughts as they come in? No, I want it to be collaborative. Yeah. I definitely encourage brutal honesty always. Good, like good, that good, is good. a stipulation for me. And I try to work with people that there's a mutual respect where like I'm going to trust their expertise right. and vice Absolutely. versa. Um, and that just creates a great workflow. So just to like give examples, well, you know, we might talk about a certain new illusion and say, okay, does this work in the room? What are the sight lines? Mm -hmm. And then the scenic designer will literally share his screen with um, an overhead view, a schematic view of oh, the stage cool. and show yeah. a bird's eye view of where the illusion would sit and what the sight lines would be and you know, which drape would be in front of that, which wing we're in, and, and sort of the staging of it, boom, right in the moment, in real time, building what we're discussing. Yes, absolutely. So, like, obviously that wouldn't be in my capability, right? So right. you're relying on everyone's skill set to sort of come in and do their thing, mm -hmm. and that's mm -hmm. what makes it all kind of work as a, as a cohesive piece, right? Amazing. Yeah, that's great. That, that so, I just wanted to break that down, especially for listeners who, who aren't – having a whole team and you know working with a, a large group of people to create a project but it's always fascinating to, to, to find that synergy of everyone coming together to work on something yeah for me it's how i want the audience to feel and the magic those are the things i'm focused on and then the creative director will say well would it feel more personal if the lighting was more intimate like this or if we mm -hmm. made the made the right. stage feel smaller or if right. we, you know, during this scene or, you know what I mean? So like, basically I'll say, I want it to feel like this. And they'll say, would it work if we did this? Right. And gotcha. that's, and then gotcha. you, gotcha. maybe the answer is yes. Maybe the answer is no, but it kind of allows you to start exploring those paths. Very good. Very good. Makes uh, sense. I'm yeah. I'm excited to see what comes from all of this uh, when it's all up and running. Yeah, you know, it's really, we've already done phase one. This is more of a phase two, so it's not like mm -hmm. a drastic change of direction. It's more of an um, amplification of, extrapolation of what we've already started changing. So, Absolutely. Yeah. Well, Matt, we should jump over to our goals. Let's get to our goals. You were trying to stick with your fitness plan. Dude, I am crushing it. I am over three weeks back, back in Veganville. Veganville. 
I'm running five days a week. I ran a 5K this morning. Wow. I'm up early with the sunrise because it's hot to try to run in the middle of the afternoon. Um, yeah, man, I'm eating healthy. I'm like not eating at all after shows because it's like, yeah. you know, yeah. nine o'clock, something like that. And then try not to like eat right before bed. So I'll just have an earlier dinner at like five, five thirty six. And man, I feel good. So we'll see how how long the phase lasts, but I like, I'm really, really digging it. And, um, let's carry that over for another week, brother. Yeah, that's great. That's How about great. you? Uh, well, I've been getting up early too, uh, to catch planes though. Does that count as exercise? Right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if you have to walk more than five miles or five minutes from your <laughs> drop off, but, uh, <laughs> I guess that is exercise. Uh, I was, uh, I wanted to have some downtime for myself and, uh, I did, I got to rest a little bit in Houston, uh, which is good. Sleep in. Uh, so that was nice. Uh, but I think my goal, you just sent me a ton of things for the video vault. So I'm going to yes. try and get those up. That is my goal uh, to get your video vault clips up there uh, mm -hmm. on our Patreon. And then my other goal is, Matt, I got really addicted to this Marvel Snap game. That's like a trading card digital game. And it just came out like literally two days ago, and I can't stop playing it. So my goal awesome. is to stop playing it a little bit. <laughs> All right, time to get back to work then. <laughs> stop playing Marvel Snap. It's gonna be a hard goal. I don't think I'm no gonna. No more gaming for you. I don't think I'm gonna be able to do it. <laughs> I really don't. I think I'm breaking this goal already. Um, it's a very good game, uh, and they're not a sponsor. But if you want to uh, check out our video vault uh, or uh, shoot us an email or do all these things to interact with us, we have ways for you to do so. So you got to visit us over at our Patreon at patreon.com slash mindovermagicpodcast. Uh, where you can get access to the video vault, see all these videos I'm going to upload, uh, and you can also help support the show like our fantastic uh, producers at that top tier level. we got to give a huge thank you to Dr. Bob Baker, to James Dawson, and to Jesse Miller. Thank you so much for supporting the show and for everyone else who is on our Patreon page. And then if you want to uh, write an email to us, just like Jay did, uh, you could go over to our website, mindovermagicpodcast.com. You'll see our website, mindovermagicpodcast at gmail.com. Shoot us an email. Let us know what you're thinking about. If any of this stuff made sense today, mm -hmm. <laughs> it wasn't just a therapy session <laughs> for both of us, uh, you know, chime in. We'd love to hear from you. And then uh, we appreciate you following us on the socials at MindMagicPod. I've seen a lot of people following us over, uh, especially on Instagram. So uh, welcome uh, if you are new to us. So, uh, we appreciate you. Is there uh, plugs? Uh, did we do plugs? We didn't do plugs, Matt. I've got some What are you plugging? Shows. You go first. I've got the, I'm going to be at the Midnight Theater on the 25th of October, the 1st of November, the 15th of November, 22nd, 29th. That's in New York? That is in New York, the Midnight uh -huh. Theater, little residency uh, that I'm doing there. Uh, I'll also be in Sydney, Nebraska at a performing arts center on the 27th of October. So if you're on the uh, western part of the state there, come on over. It's going to be a fun time. Uh, uh, Oregon. I'm going to be at a casino in Oregon in December. Uh, some shows in Illinois in January. More details to come. Just follow my links. All the details will be on my link tree in my bio. Uh, Linktr.ee link if you've never <laughs> seen a link tree before. Slash E. Diddleman. And you can get tickets to my shows. 
Speaking of tickets, you can get yours now for Magic Reinvented Nightly at the link in Las Vegas. You know that. MattFranco.com or Ticketmaster or um, wherever you want to buy tickets. Just, you know, not from like a sketchy person in the streets. Yeah, and like if then they don't refund your money because of a personal problem, like don't write a bad review. <laughs> <laughs> write it about them, not yeah, I. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> exactly. Anyway. Well, I, I think we covered all aspects of rating and trolls today, Matt. So uh, I believe now, oh, before we get to there, if you want to rate us, give us uh-huh. five stars <laughs> since we're talking about it on uh-huh. the podcast app you're listening to. We'd love to hear from you. Uh, we'd love to hear little comments if it's positive, as you know. And uh, <laughs> and uh, tell a friend. We'd appreciate it if you tell a friend if you uh, to listen as well. But now, Matt, I think that means where it's officially over